You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Joy on faces, enjoying seeing your kids just uh, serving the Lord, and what a blessing that that is. All right, Ecclesiastes here, as we are in uh, this book that uh, Solomon had written. Now, we look at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs was written to the young man. It was telling them how not to wreck their life. It was principle after principle, line upon line, precept upon precept. There is warning after warning. And in these warnings, they are telling how not to mess up. Teenagers, you need to read Proverbs. It will save you from making some terrible mistakes. Young adults, you need to read Proverbs. It will help you from making some terrible mistakes. Couples, you need to read Proverbs. It will help you from making terrible mistakes. Middle-aged people, wherever that line might be, I'm not quite sure. Seniors, I don't know what he said and I don't want to know what he said. We need to read. God has given us a wealth of information to help us avoid the pitfalls of life. And it's not just the young people that have to avoid them. The reality is, as we get out of our teenage years and and into adulthood, every decision we make is so much more important. The consequences get to be so much bigger than what they were when you were a teenager. And as life goes on, it gets more complicated. And being able to open up the Word of God and having the mind of God, because that's what we have. We have the mind of God. His Word, His thoughts, put down on paper so we can learn how to live. So Proverbs was written to those teaching them how not to wreck their life, to avoid those pitfalls. Ecclesiastes is completely different. Ecclesiastes is written by the old man. I'm not quite sure where that gap comes in or that category either. Uh, But here it was written by the old man trying to recover from a life of making bad decisions. You would think that Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, would be the one that wouldn't have the problems. But this guy had all kinds of them. He allowed his own sensual desires. He allowed his own passions for knowledge and success to drive him. And here in Ecclesiastes chapter 1, we get a glimpse of what it all got him. Look at verse number 14. He said, I have seen all the works that are done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity 
and vexation of spirit. Not only was it empty, not only did it not give me what I thought it was going to give me, it gave me something I did not want. Vexation of spirit. You know, there isn't any path that we can choose that will bring more fulfillment and satisfaction than following God's plan for our life. Whatever our, our fondest dream is, whatever our, our most grand ideals would be, there is nothing that we could attain that would bring more fulfillment than us being in the center of God's will. You know what? The devil wants to get you out of that place. The devil wants to do everything he can to keep you from getting to that place. And none of us have arrived and all of us have areas that we need to grow in. But God's word is given to us so we can be able to, to know what direction to go. How we move forward in our life. And so here as we started this Bible study as we're looking at our theme of building up you. Uh, the the, the uh uh, series that we're in. It's a, a four-week series, and we're looking at the four E's of building up you. The four E's. And we're going to look at four different uh, words that start with the letter E that will help us in this process of building us up, for us to grow in the areas that uh, we need to grow in, because all of us need to be growing. We, we need to keep moving. We can't, none of us are just maintaining. We're either growing or we're declining. We are, we are getting closer to the Lord or we are falling off and, and uh, backsliding away from the Lord. So last week we looked at encouraging self. And tonight, as, as we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, we, are, uh, we are going to uh, look at verse 16 with me. Uh, this will be the uh, launch pad here. He said, I communed with mine own heart, saying, Lo, I am come to great estate and have gotten more wisdom than all they that have been before me in Jerusalem. Yea, my heart had great experience of wisdom and knowledge. And here Solomon said, I communed with my own heart. And tonight I want to speak to you on the subject, examining yourself. Examining yourself. You know, there has to be a process where we are being honest with ourselves, I don't know about you, but I have told me, I've told myself that I'm doing okay when I really wasn't doing okay. And we have got to have, if we are going to be building up ourselves on our most holy faith, then truly there has to be this process of self-examination. And we're going to look at that process here uh, briefly tonight. Father, I pray that you'd bless. Thank you for our people. I, I look out and I see people that I love 
I look at people that have been faithful to you and serving you. And Lord, they are doing their best to, uh, to serve you in this uh, uncertain time, uh, a world that is, is changing and everything seems to be so unsure. And Lord, we get to come to a God who, who is always the same, a God who is steadfast and sure, uh, one who is our rock, our cornerstone. And we thank you for that. Uh, but Lord, I pray that you'd help us to have proper perspective so we can continue to grow. We want to finish the race that, that uh, we have started. And I pray that you'd help us, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. So here we're going to look at some things about examining ourselves. Uh, so examining yourself. Now, uh, this word examining, this is an action uh, that does not c- uh, come with it uh, positive vibes. When you think about an examination, does anything positive come? Does anything come to the forefront of your mind and says, oh man, I can't wait for that. When you think about examinations, and somebody already made some hand gestures, I know uh, what this examination is, it's a doctor's examination. You go into the doctor and there is an examination process. You don't look forward to going to the doctor for an examination. You know, they're never looking for something good. They're only looking for something bad. And it's not a process, not only is it expensive, but it's not enjoyable. It's not a process that we want to go through. So we go to the doctor and get physical examinations. Maybe you go to the optometrist and, uh, and you have your eyes examined and there they are looking at your eyes and all of the, the uh, different facets of your vision and the health of your eyes. And uh, when you come out of that office, uh, your, your eyes are usually have been dilated and you got to put on some, uh, some cheap, cheesy glasses to protect your eyes. So you can drive home without, uh, uh, without uh, injuring your eye because your pupils are, are huge. And of course, the glasses that they gave you are not stylish at all. And it's like, I don't want anybody to see me in these things. And so uh, that examination is it's not an enjoyable one. They blow air into your eye and it's just, it's just an examination, but it's nothing that you look forward to. Uh, you go to the college students, uh, they have their midterms and their final examinations, final exams. And, you know, you, you look at that and that whole process, you talk about final exams, nobody says, man, I can't wait till final exam week. Because they know leading up to final exam week, they've got to cram. They've got to make sure that they understand the information that has been transferred throughout the semester. And, and all of a sudden now, there is a test that is going to find out, do you really know what you are supposed to know? I remember when I was in college, I was not a good student going through school, uh, had no desire to go to college, wasn't planning on going to college, and God had different plans, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, but I uh, went to college, and here I was, a freshman sitting in a class. Uh, the professor gets up, and he said, listen, he said, I am going to give you so much information He said, my goal is to change your life. It's not just to get notes on a paper or on your notebook. He said, so the things that you will be tested on that I really feel like are important, he says, I will tell you what they are so you're sure to write it down. Otherwise, 
you just write down what you feel like is, is helpful and important. He said, but I'll let you know if it's going to be test material. And I thought, man, what a great guy. Didn't know that he was a liar. <laughs> the first test comes around and it is a five-page front and back test. And he had only told us maybe two things that, had, that were going to be test material. And I remember when he handed that test out, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, okay, professors lie, even at Bible college. And so uh, anyway, uh, but, but those exams, uh, it, when you're not ready for them, they are definitely not an enjoyable process. So examinations almost always have a, a negative connotation tied to them. And, you know, tonight I want to look at some of the examinations uh, along with some protocols and, and processes, the purposes of them to help us because we have to learn how to examine ourselves? Nobody else is going to do it for you. If you are going to grow, it will not be by osmosis. If you are going to be a successful Christian, it is going to be because you put some work into this. We're not going to stand before the Lord and one day hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, while we're just trying to float through life. That's not going to happen. Any more than it's going to happen that uh, the students will come through uh, school or come through college and get straight A's without ever cracking a book. It's not a reality. Uh, but, but what has to happen? There has to be some examinations. And we're going to look at some things here about these examinations. And there's no way to go into all the, the depths of the importances. But I want to just point out a few things. I'm looking at the clock, so I will hasten. First of all, when we look at self-examination, uh, what do we need? We need, number one, awareness. Awareness. There has to be awareness in our own lives. When we think about Solomon here, uh, he goes through and he is revealing the status of where he is at that moment. He knows where he's at. He knows what he has done. He knows what he has accomplished. And he knows what has been good and what has been bad. And he makes a conscious uh, and aware assessment of where he was. And you look through this passage. He said, I have seen all the works, verse 14, done under the sun. And behold, it is all vanity and vexation of spirit. That which is crooked cannot be made straight. That which is wanting uh, cannot be numbered. He said, something that's not there can't be numbered. It's, it's missing. It's gone. Uh, and so here he is, he is very aware of where he was. You know what that does for us? When we are aware, that gives us the opportunity to make some adjustments. But when you are unaware of what is taking place, there is no way to fix anything. There is no way to fix that which is wanting, and there is no way to improve on that which is good. Uh, so, uh, so here we look here uh, at Solomon, and here he goes through and he gives some instruction, verse 13 to uh, 17 there, of things that he had done. Uh, quickly, we see that uh, he said to seek. Uh, he said, I gave my heart to seek. 
seek and to search out by wisdom. So here he is seeking. He's searching. Uh, he see, he searches out uh, the, the sun. He, stir, he searches out that which is straight versus that which is crooked. He searches out the sum, uh, the great estate that he had. He knew where he was at. He was aware of his present condition in his mind, his heart, his 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 uh, life with his uh, with being the king, uh, the great estate, the great wisdom, the great experience. All of those things were mentioned. Why? Because Solomon was aware. He was aware. Now, being aware is just one part. It's like being aware that you're going to have a test. But it doesn't mean that I'm ready for the test. But if you're not aware of the test, you have no hope of fixing or preparing for the test. And this area of being aware is vital. You know, as, as Christians right now, the church, as you talk to pastors, uh, as, you, as you study history uh, right now, uh, one of the great fears in churches is this one word called apathy. Apathy. And it's real. It's real. Just, let's just think about, let's be, let's be honest. Can we do that tonight? Can we be honest? I was talking to somebody, a staff member of a church, a very close friend, and uh, we were talking earlier today and, and uh, talking about the different ministries that were starting to come back up. And, and they said, you know, to be honest, I got used to not going to church on Sunday. I'm not talking about somebody that wasn't faithful. I'm talking about somebody who was staff member, serving, active, engaged, a part of everything. And they're saying, yeah, he said, Sundays I would, I would go, go shopping at Walmart. and Church would come on and it's like, oh yeah, church, it's church time. And then turn services on live and watch church in the parking lot. Some didn't even watch church. Think about bus ministry. Here we were, we just bought four, four new buses right before, right before the pandemic. Bus workers, people that have been involved in bus ministry, are we even wanting to get back in the bus ministry? I'm not, I'm not being condemning. I'm just saying apathy is a reality. If I said, hey, we're going to have Sunday school classes next week. Sunday school? Well, pastor, I don't know about this going to Sunday school stuff. Because we're just doing one service a week in the mornings. Have we grown apathetic and we're not even aware of it? Soul winning? Are people not dying and going to hell like they were pre-pandemic? 
I mean, we were going out and we were visiting, we were door knocking, running buses, Sunday school, campaigns, and you start looking at calendars and schedules and thinking all of that was being done to reach this world. And to be honest, there's been a letdown of some of our edge and our focus. You see, if we're not aware of where we are, we can tell ourselves we're doing okay. Do you, know how many, do you know how many people that are addicts feel like they're okay? That's, that's honesty. I'm not, I'm not calling you an addict. I'm just saying that's a reality. How many alcoholics feel like their case of beer every day It's not a problem. They're okay. I've got this. Unaware. You see, awareness is something that we have to recognize in our own life. Uh, It helps us, the situation, uh, this awareness, this exercise or examination, uh, it brings awareness to where we are. And when we stop and think about it, okay, do I really... uh, Do I really believe that I have a heart for souls? I can tell myself I have a heart for souls, but if I never witnessed anybody, it doesn't matter what I say. And I can feel like it's okay, but it doesn't mean that it is. You see, we have to understand, uh, there are people that are watching online and have, have taken that step and using the online portal uh, for, uh, because of their health, because of the inability to come to church. Maybe they are of a compromised, uh, a compromised immune system, but not everybody. There are people that I am sure that are, are watching right now that are completely active and engaged with everything in the world going on, but now it's more comfortable, easier to stay home. Now, if this is your only way to be able to watch services, I'm glad you're watching online. I am. But if it's just because church is inconvenient, then there's a problem. God didn't say, seek ye second the kingdom of God. He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He didn't say, seek ye convenience. Amen. So, so what is it? We have, to, we have to be aware of where we are. Uh, Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse number 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Awareness, it helps us to see where we are at. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 to 31, And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment, commandment of all? And 
Jesus answered him, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. And so here we see some examinations uh, in our lives of of what needs to be accomplished and that examination. So what are some examinations that we need to make? Uh, Number one, am I a child of God? Am I a child of God? You know what? There's no greater examination than that right there. That's where everything begins. And if we're going to be honest and be aware, do I have my eternal destiny nailed down? Am I a child of God? Secondly, am I living my faith? Not do I believe my faith. Am I living my faith? My pastor used to say, you only believe that which moves you to action. You know what? It's true. It's true. If it doesn't move me to action, then it really isn't something that I believe. Thirdly, am I growing in my faith? So am I a child of God? Am I living my faith? Am I growing my faith? He said, pastor, is that the only... These are the only uh, uh, examinations we need to do. No, but let's, let's say, look at these three. If I am doing those three and I've got those nailed down, if they are in place, then I will be the husband that I'm supposed to be. Uh, you will be the wife you're supposed to be, the parent, the child, uh, the employee, the friend, the steward, the servant. Everything else falls into place when we're following God. When we have him in the the proper place in our life, it takes care of everything else. And so uh, these are all areas that we need to be be examining in our life. So number one, uh, self-examination, that area of awareness, uh, examining self. Secondly, accountability. Accountability. Everyone needs accountability. Everyone I told you I had one of my friends that had, had uh, sent me some, uh, some books to read and uh, he was, he was, uh, he knew I, he had, there was something going on and he was wanting to uh, just encourage me on something and so uh, he, he ended up sending me some stuff and I took, and I knew he was going to follow up. Two days later I got a text, okay, how are you doing on your homework? <laughs> Everybody needs accountability. Everybody does. And that is something that is so vital in the Christian life. How can I be built up? How can I grow if I am not willing to have somebody else come alongside and say, hey, what's going on right here? You okay right there? Something doesn't seem right. Accountability is huge. That's why it's so important to be in church. I don't know who's on and who's not. It's true. You know what? You can sit in church tonight and you could click onto the Facebook stream 
And as far as I know, whether you're here, here, I'm glad you're here, but I wouldn't know whether you're here or not. Because you you could turn it on and go make some popcorn and go watch a movie and go mow the lawn. And then at the end of the thing, at the end of the message, great message, praise the Lord, amen. Accountability. It's important. They say that if you miss a service, it's it's just part of life. We understand everybody's going to miss some. If somebody misses two services in a week, you're concerned. Somebody misses three services in a week, they're gone. We've, many have been out of church for an entire year. And it's not the pandemic's fault. There isn't that accountability. And it's easy to slide away. The Bible says in Romans 14, 12, So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. God expects accountability so much, so much that he reminds us that we will give an account. He's telling us that we will give an account to him of how we have lived. Uh, when we think about uh, here, uh, God tells us that we will give an account. Uh, Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Uh, my heart, search me, O God, and know my heart. So my heart is my motions, my desires, my soul. He says, try me and know my thoughts. Uh, He's talking about their mind, the intellect, that decision-making process. You know, all of us, we need that accountability. One day we will stand before God. But let me tell you, uh, we need accountability down here. We need accountability with our spouse. We need accountability with our friends. We need accountability uh, with those that uh, other brothers and sisters. Uh, We need to allow God uh, to lead us uh, and guide us and help us to to make it. And there is this thing called accountability. And when we have no accountability, it's easy to fall through the cracks. Years ago, we had a man that was uh, in the at the church, and he would, uh, his job, uh, he would meet, he'd work with the baptistry. And at the end of the services, he'd take all the baptistry towels and he'd take the, uh, the, uh, he'd take the towels and the gowns and he'd mop the floor and he'd work through that whole process. And, uh, I mean, every service he was there and faithful and, uh, he was a bus driver and he came to me and he said, Brother Brown, he said, you know, I need to, I need to back off. I got too much going on in my life and I need, I need to give up my bus route. And I said, well, I said, brother, I said, you need to be careful on, uh, giving up ministries. 
They said, you need to make sure that you have some things that uh, you have an opportunity to serve. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not going anywhere, but I just can't work uh, the bus routes anymore. I said, okay, that's a demanding ministry. And so he gave his bus route up. And then uh, it wasn't too long. And he said, you know, I can't take care of this baptistry stuff. And uh, I got other things going on. And uh, so then he couldn't do that. And then pretty soon uh, he dropped out of Wednesday night services. And then he dropped out of Sunday night services. And then it wasn't long and you didn't see him again. You know, accountability. We need to welcome it in our life. I need it in my life. I want it in my life. Why? Because it helps me stay where I'm supposed to be. And, and here we see this accountability. It's a good, uh, it's a plan that God has for us. Uh, try me. Uh, he, he was, David was saying he wanted God to help him uh, stay where he needed to be. Thirdly, this area uh, of examining yourselves, uh, aptitude. Aptitude number three. Joshua 1, 8, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shalt thou make thy way prosperous and then shalt thou have good success. You see, we have an aptitude, an ability to succeed. God wants us to succeed. And in this self-examination process, are we making sure that we are setting ourselves up for success? Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. What is that? That is that ability to get better than where you are. Someone coming alongside to sharpen. Someone coming alongside to help. Someone coming alongside to build up. And, and with that, uh, we, are, we are expected by God to be growing in our life. Building up yourselves on your most holy faith. Well, if that's going to happen, then I need to be growing in my aptitude, in my ability, my opportunities. I need to be growing in such a way that it will help me move forward in this area of serving the Lord. And so stewarding then what God has given to us. We are to be growing in our life. We are to be stewarding our spiritual gifts. Using them for him. We are to be stewarding this area of serving. We are to be stewarding the life God has given us, this vessel. We are to be living a life in sanctification, honor to God. So here in 1 Corinthians 10.31, he says, Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So as we are looking at these areas of self-examination, what are they all designed to do? Examination isn't just to find the problem. Examination is so I can grow. 
so I can get better. When you're sick, you go to the doctor so you can stay sick? No, so you can get better. If we are going to grow, if we are going to be built up in our faith, then that examination, the end result should be that, I'm, that I took another step. I grew just a little bit more. Patch the Pirate put it this way, little by little, inch by inch. You know, if we will just continue to grow, what we'll find is we'll look back over a life that's been blessed, a life that's been full. We won't look back over a life as Solomon did and said, all is vanity. And when you get to the end of a life that was empty, it's vexation of spirit. It will haunt you. If we don't live to be who God made us to be, we're going to be empty. But if we are living to be who God has created us to be, we're going to have joy. We're going to be fulfilled. And that's what we want. So we can look at Proverbs and try to avoid some pitfalls. Or we can find ourselves in the company of Solomon and Ecclesiastes who's looking back and saying, man, I should have did some things differently. Let's be careful. The devil's real. He'll bring circumstances. He'll bring situations. He'll, he'll try to bring problems into our life. He's not just trying to derail us. He's trying to devour us. And we can't let that happen. Building up yourselves. Father, I pray that you'd help us, Lord. Uh, just some simple truths, but I pray that each of us would just take a little bit of this message and apply it in our life. And may you be honored, Lord. We want to succeed. We want to be who you have designed for us to be. Uh, and Lord, it's not easy. And we pray that you would help us, Lord, just to follow your guidance, your direction in our life. Just grow us and mature us, please. Heads bowed, eyes closed. I don't know what the Lord has done in your life. Maybe he's put his finger on some things. But if he has, let's do some business with him. Let's all stand together. Short invitation. The altar's open. You can make an altar out of your seat. When the Lord spoke to your heart, you respond. How's our awareness of where we are? Has apathy slid in and we didn't even recognize it? Have we allowed some things to, to move in and sort of push the Lord and His plan Thank out? you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc4me.org. May God bless you.